Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. And damn, it feels good to be a Lannister. This is Baron Vaughn, and welcome back to Deep Shit. Sorry that I took last week off, guys. And when I say guys, I mean the two of you. The two of you that listen to this. Haha, ha, get it? Because I'm making jokes about how few people listen to this. I honestly have no idea how many people are listening to this podcast. But I know you're out there. I've started to hear from you, see your faces, get emails, Twitter. Some of you showed up to my shows in Seattle. That's where I was, by the way. Thank you if you came out to the shows in Seattle, or should I say Kirkland, outside of Seattle. Thank you for the show. Thank you for coming to the shows outside of Seattle. I appreciate that. Um, uh, So, hey, and if I tell you about a show and you guys mention this podcast and you show up, uh, I will give you a free CD if I have them on me at the time. And this is all this also applies to not Los Angeles or New York. If I'm on the road in a city I don't live in and I'm doing a comedy club and you're like, "Oh, I heard about the show through your podcast," then I will give you a CD. That is my new rule that I'm instituting, so I cannot wait to give out 3 CDs. Um yes, I had great shows in Seattle. It was a fun time. I was kind of it was kind of crazy coming back. And uh, my Sunday was packed with I, – I booked a shit flight for myself. It was a 6 a.m. flight leaving at 6 a.m. And I went to bed at mm, – I had to leave at 4.30, so I went to bed at 2.30. So I basically had two hours of sleep and then slept on the planes on and off and just kind of crashed out that day. Hence, a podcast did not go up, and now a podcast is going up before I go to bed right now. So hope you guys like this whammy whammy dams. So, um, yeah, a lot of stuff has happened. I just got back from Las Vegas. I went to uh, my, uh, well, my, my high school. I went to performing arts high school in Las Vegas called the Las Vegas Academy. And it opened its doors as the Academy in 1993. And so this was the 20th year anniversary of my high school existing. And I was asked maybe six months ago, to host the event. Unfortunately, I had things going on in Los Angeles that I had to come back for, so I didn't get to stay in Vegas for more than a day. Um, And when I was on the drive to Las Vegas, why, my tire exploded. Oh, it was great fun. I was going downhill, about to take a steep right turn on the freeway when I started to hear the flappity-flap of your tire does not exist anymore. And luckily, I was able to pull over to the left shoulder, which was the one I was closest to. Car didn't flip. There was no damage to my wheel. My rims were all good and okay. And um, I just sat there for an hour and waited for uh, somebody from uh, Baker, California, which was the closest city, 40 miles the opposite direction to come get me. I was in a precarious place on the freeway, like a place where the, the lanes going south and the lanes going north, there was a mountain in between them. So that's where I was, kind of next to a little mountain. And then on the way back from Vegas, I got pulled over for having expired license plate tags. Anyway, one $200 ticket later, here I am talking to you mofos. Deep shitterific. Um, today's guest is a gentleman by the name of Chuck Watkins. Chuck, I've known for a couple of years. He um, has listened and is a listener of the podcast. Uh, he's also a very funny stand-up comedian that hails from the Austin, Texas area, also known as Austin, Texas. And uh, he runs a great show here in um, L.A. with a, another Austin gentleman named Doug Millard. I can never remember if it's Millard or Mellard, 
But um, they're both funny guys, and they have a show called, uh, I don't even know what the hell it's called, but it's at the Good Luck Bar in Los Feliz on Hillhurst and Hollywood, basically. Um, great show. That's me yawning. That was I, my, my yawn just graduated to me sleeping. That's why I yawned, pomp and circumstance. Uh, plus, I'm taking in so much oxygen right now because I'm getting excited talking about Chuck and Doug's show at the Good Luck Bar, guys. It's on Tuesdays. You should check it out if you're in Los Angeles. You know what I'm talking, uh, I'm saying? Um, so, um, Chuck, is, I've had great, interesting conversations with Chuck at bars, at shows, et cetera, et cetera. And so he came on the podcast and we talked about innovation because he is a very creative gentleman and he's always working on all these different kinds of projects all the time. And, um, so we sat down and talked about what the hell does it mean to be innovative? And when you're innovative, what you going to do with that shit? You know what I mean? So that's what we got into. Um, a couple announcements. First of all, All Things Comedy Network, Boom Bang Pow, fantastic network started by the Fantasmic Bill Burr and Al Madrigal. Uh, as far as I know, there's probably a lot of people that um, were involved with it longer but Al Madrigal is the one who called me and said, I'm doing this thing with Bill Burr. And I was like, yeah, I'm in. Well, let me tell you what it is. I said I'm in. You and Bill Burr, I am there. So they have amassed, if you don't already know this, a fantastic network filled with independently produced podcasts. And we've kind of pooled our resources to support each other. And that's what I'm doing right now. So I'm telling you to go listen to some of the other podcasts on the All Things Comedy Network, such as Bill Burr's The Monday Morning Podcast. Uh, walking the Room, uh, Soccer Comics, uh, The Bone Zone, uh, The Skeptic Tank, uh, The Champs, uh, The Dork Forest. Oh, there are so many to choose from. If this was an infomercial, I'd be telling you this stuff. You'd be First of all, you'd be up sitting on the couch, probably hand orange with the Dorito aftermath, watching TV, and I'm like, the hits of the All Things Comedy Network. And then there'd be that little that little ticker that it comes up with all the names of the different podcasts. And then when I was playing a clip from the podcast, that would be the one that was like yellow. That's how you knew that was the one I was playing at that time. And all the other hits of the 70s. Anyway, um, so listen to other podcasts on the All Things Comedy Network. Uh, and uh, continue to listen to me and give me comments and ratings and reviews of positivity and love and joy and hope. I need all of those things. Um, some shows coming up. This podcast is coming out april 1st so on april 2nd which is tuesday if you are in los angeles the los angeles area another yawn what am i a star of greek soft orchestral music tuesday april 2nd i am hosting a new show called the not safe for work it's called not safe for work i'm calling it the not safe for work showcase it's not safe for work it is a comedy central showcase that is going to be a new monthly show every first tuesday of the month and this is the first first ones first first one of those it is at a place called townhouse the del monte speakeasy at townhouse which is 52 windward avenue 52 windward not winwood like steve Wind word. Like, which word is the wind? I got nothing. Uh, it's in Venice, California. And uh, here's the lineup, just in case you were interested in knowing. Alice Wetterland, Andrew Norelli, 
Christina Pajitsky, also of Your Mom's House podcast with Tom Segura, also on the All Things Comedy Network, Jay Larson, Neil Brennan of The Champs, Rob Delaney, Rory Scovel, TJ Miller, and me as your host, guys. It's going to be a fantastic show. It is free, but it is 21 and over. So, yeah, if you're that. And then also uh, in April, I am going to be at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival in Portland, Oregon, April 18th through the 21st. But if you're not in the Pacific Northwest, no can you get there. Uh, but you are like in, I don't know, Texas, like Austin, Texas, like where Chuck Watkins is from. Well, I'm going to be at the Moon Tower Comedy and Oddity Festival April 24th through 27th. And that's going to be a phantasmic time. Um, yeah. So here's Chuck. conversation with Lisa Beth. I think it was the first time I did it by myself with no Katie Levine. Oh, sure. You're in charge of the whole deck. Yeah, well, Lisa was here and um, sat where you're sitting right now, except it was uh, dark. It was like maybe six. We talked to like 8.30. Things got serious. I want to say it was like a two-hour conversation and I cut off, I cut out a half hour of it. Well, what's nice is to, like, I've been scheduling social time with people being like another to to sit and talk about anything or stand up or it's just like hard to be spontaneous i feel very uh time constrained like i've scheduled out my time in such like incremental ways that like i realize i don't have much free time because i like right right to like projects and like well i never sit down and write a joke so i schedule my time after this or i gotta write this song it's gotta be a deadline by so just to have a nice spontaneous moment nice moment it is being recorded, but like, you know what I mean? Like, no, but we're doing it. We're still having yeah. a conversation. Yeah. You're just, you're holding, we're both holding microphones, which is, as you said, natural to us as the stand up mm-hmm. comics we are. It's just like, yeah, I hold microphones. Isn't that crazy that we're the, I mean, who is it? Who else? Singers? Singers. Crooners, really. Yeah. I mean, who else is just used to holding a microphone? It's like, has no problem giving them a microphone. Second nature. I love watching videos on YouTube of just public speaking gone wrong, like just stage fright. And just, <laughs> is that a thing? Could you just write public yeah, speaking yeah, gone wrong? Yeah, it's like a little subgenre. Like you can just, there's like clips, lift the clip, but uh, there's great ones where people just like the fidget of the microphone were like, oh, <laughs> yeah. It's like a two minute process. And they, they have no ones idea. where people just like space out. And this has happened to me before if I've like gotten too high on stage, like once Ooh. or twice in life, you know? And then I just like lose all sense of what words are and like, like, I know what I want to express, but I'm just too high. But you never forget how to hold that microphone. No, no, it's always still... in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's just there. I have Def Jammed it a couple times where I'm just like, I gotta go. And throwing it down. I don't know that anyone ever said I gotta go on Def Jam. <laughs> that's the one That's the one thing on I Def gotta Jam. Pee. Ooh, I'm nervous. I gotta tinkle. Um, what was I about to, you just said something that reminded me of something else and I can't remember. Oh, yeah. I remember. Do you, are you a one-on-one hangout kind of person or do you like groups? Um, oh, I'm a very social, outgoing person, but I find um, in groups, mm-hmm. I tend to wonder where my place is in the group, and like I overthink, and I step outside of like an immediately social situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, because you're saying that like you're you know you're scheduling all this time to like see people because mm. I do the same thing, but I I feel like I'm 
I'm such a one-on-one person. Yeah. That it's like when I schedule time, like the friends I want to see, it's like I'm going to see them one after another. So that, so one friend is two hours. Yeah. Another friend is two <laughs> hours. Like that's four hours for two people. I'm not going to see both of them in two hours. That's crazy. Yeah. That's How will I ever converse? But like, <laughs> so just like I'm always fitting in like one-on-one meetings with people I want to see. I think that's probably the, I mean, it's like we're grownups now. We're adults. Mm-hmm, we have mm-hmm. serious things to talk about. We got bills. Yeah. That's your thing to talk about, like, bills and how absurd, like, the bill I just got. Like, someone being like, hey, you owe us taxes or taking this out of your wages. I have my mom do my taxes still. Is that bad? Uh, But your mom is an accountant, isn't she? Yeah, so it works out. (laughs) No. (laughs) If your mom was just some person that didn't know anything about taxes. Then it would be. (laughs) Then it would be weird. Just like, she still claims me. She knows how to do the laundry pretty good. Okay. I'm still 12 on my birth certificate. Don't say anything. Let's just say that Nicaragua has some lax laws <laughs> with what dates they'll put on a birth certificate. <laughs> you know Nicaragua. Um, no extradition Nicaragua. treaty. What's the? I forget the. I think it's just. I forget. I was used to. I used to know the capitals of every country in the world. Oh, you're one of those gentlemen. Well, it That's was great. because. Was it like just for like a class or something? No, and yes. I just love knowledge. It was because I didn't want to do the homework. Oh, okay. So, so you wanted to have some flair? <laughs> instead, because it was an extra credit thing, um, I it didn't have to be done in a specific time span. Yeah. And it was something that I could work on for a while to be like, I'll just learn all these capitals, and that'll take the place of these five homework assignments. That's great. That's great. But in retrospect, it might have been more work. Yeah, well, how long did that take you to put together? I don't even remember. And it's so monotonous. You're just like, this thing is this thing. This thing is this thing. Yeah, and I remember it happening around when it was the, it was the early 90s. So it was kind of when, like, Yugoslavia oh, turned into changing. nothing. Yeah. yeah. And USSR. It was just like, yeah, it was like, okay, well, now there's Bosnia-Herzegovina, and there's uh, the Czech Republic and Slovakia. That's not one country anymore. And uh, there's all these little countries in there. And now I'm forgetting. Bosnia, Herzegovina is the only one I can think of. But you got to save those to, like, the end, right? Like, Not You need to start making them up? Not necessarily. I remember it was like, oh, God. Like, yeah. did you perform these in front of a group? Or? I think I just had to, I had to take some sort of test where I had, okay. to, I had to name 50 of the capitals of the countries of the world. But I didn't know what 50 countries were going to be asked. Oh. That I was, was a fourth grade music memory superstar. Um, I'm sorry, what's music memory? Music memory is this thing in Texas where they have, like, you know, you go to music class and it was like part of the curriculum basically is like you learn these classical songs and then, you know, they're ones that stand out. They're like Flight of the Bumblebee and they actually had like a bunch of Rodgers and Hammerstein stuff in there in the, my year that I did it. But, uh, you know, you learn like 20 musical pieces mm-hmm. and they're like, it's like, well, if you know how to learn a song, you can, you know, learn a song on the radio. It's not like any different, but like kids were like, I don't know if I can do this. But I was like, I got this. Right, right. And then you performed it, right? No, no, no. The, no. W- the big prize was all the kids go down to this grand concert downtown in Austin, take all the buses out. And then all the kids from uh, AISD, Austin Independent School District there, and they perform them live on stage. And then you, it's like you all take a test. And so and they perform them in different ways in different sections. It's kind of like a, you know, Trebekian. So you had to so they would perform a piece of the song but a, a portion of the song mm-hmm. you didn't know what portion right or what song right but from that small portion you had to you had to say this is what the song is yeah wow so you would hear bop 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 and you're like oh okay i it think was that's... Used, it wasn't that short until like the very <laughs> end 
Really? Yeah, it was total name that tune style. But if you watch name that tune, like you have to have a giant encyclopedia of music. But they also give you so many clues. Yeah, that's true. Which is kind of like this is a song written by such and such that was on about the clues. Yeah, Yeah, they always give you those clues. It was like this song. It was almost like a Jeopardy clue where it was kind of like, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to tell you a little detail about the recording or the composer. And that's what gives you a little context if you know about that stuff. You're like, oh, based on those details, that's what they should have said. You just said, I can name that tune, but they should say, based on those details, <laughs> I can name that tune in one note. Boop. Herp Alpert and the yeah. Tijuana Brass Band, their version of say like, Flight of the Bumblebee as the Green Hornet theme song. He should say, like, I can name it in four notes, but just give me one up front, and then he names <laughs> it, and then he's like, hit me, bum, bum, bum. Finish it off. He just hit me? Why was that never a note? It's a high note. It is a high note. Hit me! <laughs> Uh, most of those songs would be James Brown songs. They'd be like, yeah. <laughs> here's, here's, the, here's the two notes. Hit me. Uh, that's Papa's Got a Brand. All right. One more. He's a very real sadomasochist in music. He's always asking for, like, getting hit. Getting hit. Slap. One more time. How many times that's he wants to get hit? <laughs> uh, you know, he wants people to make it funky. I don't even know what that means. I know what it means. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, okay. I, mean, I want to ask you. Trade secret. <laughs> Do you trade secrets? Um... <laughs> So, Chuck Watkins. Hey, buddy. Hello. Uh, when I asked you. Well, Chuck, you've listened to the podcast. I, I like this show. It's a very calm, relaxed, That's... meditative hour about grown-ups talking about adult things. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're one of the people when I, I was in that uh, weird eight months, I want to say, where there was no podcast. Oh, sure. And there was like a couple people that I think you were the first person to, to ask me, like, hey, what happened to that thing? I liked. And I was like, what? People? It's the real thing. People. My emotions and ideas are validated. <laughs> the whole reason I started it. Oh, my God. I guess you're right. Charlie. I am I a guess real boy. Right. Um, so you wanted to talk about where well, you went back and forth between innovation and invention. I think in, in a, you have to be innovative to invent. Yeah. But you can also just be looking to improve upon things that just exist like you know like the the squeegee uh foamer you know like well, but it's adding starts a clock with, to things i say i say that innovation is the creative element of it it's yeah. the it's the like i wonder if this and this can happen and then invention is the engineering element well you and say? I'm, I'm obsessed with where that comes from like the like the the magical spark mm-hmm. of what is necessary to try something new and have it work and like i'm endlessly stuck in it you know well what do you think so far what have you discovered well like when i first started stand-up i think that's an easy start-off point like i didn't know what i wanted to do i didn't like i would go and i'd watch open mics i tried it once at like 20 but then i didn't do it again for like three years just a regular five minute set yeah open mic set yeah open mic set and i was bad you know and i was like <laughs> i was real bad and i'm like i have 11 jokes planned out but i didn't know what jokes how to write jokes i knew what they were but i didn't know how to write them or you didn't know how long they were either yeah and so i'm just talking and i'm like ah and then nothing but then three years later i didn't want to just go up that same way again so i was like i'm just gonna watch a whole bunch ah and then i didn't know what i wanted to do but like i remember mentally like crossing things off i'm like well i'm not gonna talk about the news or some tv show or a commercial mm-hmm. i'm not gonna uh you know talk about poop or why did you, know, you cross those things off i just was like well they're already there a lot yeah. of them yeah and then do i have anything to add like i can't do that 
if somebody was doing something really good, I wouldn't mm-hmm. talk like I wasn't going to talk about relationships. Like that is a blistering poop joke. Yeah. I have nothing new to add. Well, Brendan Walsh at the time was known as uh, the king of the poop jokes. Oh, I don't even know that joke. Yeah. Well, he had a, he had a, like a whole set. Uh, about not a whole poop? set. Not about poop, but just like different, like the upper deck where he talked that about. That was just his challenge to himself. He's just like, I'm going to write no, all these poop no. jokes. No, no. I think he just became <laughs> known as that. For the like, king of the poop joke. <laughs> That's uh, that's quite a title, and uh, it's a it's a it's a shitty position. <laughs> uh, so dumb. Watch that one. But continue what you were saying. Oh, um. So you said you didn't want to go back that same way, and you started crossing off. Yeah, and so I subjects. found myself painted into like this very tiny box with, with what I felt was like a very tiny box to begin with, and I was like, well, I'll just try to do weird things I haven't seen, mm-hmm. and so I would like come up with like, you know pull out a briefcase and start reading things from my briefcase or I'd like put myself in time out on stage during like three, you know, just doing strange, strange, strange things to get started somehow. More kind of theatrical kind of stuff. Yeah. Or just experiment, like, quote unquote, experimental. Yeah. Kind of and like, I know I was knowing how starting out, how hate it when I go up and I'm just seeing somebody fuck around and not mm-hmm. have any clear idea of what they're doing. Right. And I, I didn't know any other way to start, then doing that so a lot of these pieces i just hated immediately and would throw away and i had to continue to like hone and refine like i didn't have like a solid 10 minutes that i liked until Mm. like three and a half years into comedy you Mm. know but that's because you kept throwing things out yeah but like like it was also i was generating a lot so quickly but not being able to contain any of it so oh that's a problem i have i like that i mean like i i it's so bored with I think it has to do with when I was in New York, there was a year, I wanna say, that I was the host of three shows. Yeah. That I hosted a show every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of every single week. So it's like I had Thursday I had the rest of the week to do sets. But with each of those shows, it was the same audience that came to each of those shows. So you gotta do something new. You gotta I got a, I got about a one, I got one week's worth of mileage out of a new bit. Right. So if anything worked, I couldn't work on it because I had to have new stuff. Yeah. The next, the next thing, because I wasn't getting enough sets after those nights to like really hone that stuff. So I guess I just, I got so impatient with myself, and so mm, I want to say afraid. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> so I put that, I put that pressure on myself. I was like, gotta be, gotta be new. It's gotta be new. It's the same people. Can't do the same stuff. That's the way I totally feel. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like, and it's just, it's not that way. Like, having the objectivity of time to always go back and look at yourself mm-hmm. then, then you're like, well, I could have calmed down a little. But at the same time, you could be doing that right now, which is probably, to some extent, still, like, constantly thinking about generating new material. And new, new material. And new ideas. What is the best representation of myself? Yeah, but then, but then there is something to rethinking a bit. That was the thing. It was like, if I got a laugh out of something... I, I I didn't put enough import on, oh, I should stick with that and expand on that. It's like, okay, that gets a laugh, so I know I can say that again. Yeah. But then I didn't think about it again. It was like, that will get a laugh, moving on. But I didn't think about, like, well, how many more laughs could I do? What yeah, if I like, turn it this way? That. Or what, what, exactly. is that, what is making this so funny? Wasn't, wasn't doing enough honing. So you started honing. Yeah, so and sort of honing Wagner. I have very high expectations of myself. Mm-hmm, yep. And so some like there's a lot of just like self not liking myself after getting off stage being like even though it's probably, you know, what it was is great. And so anyway. What? Um oh, I brought notes. 
You brought notes. I brought notes. Nice. Oh, I'm also just to jump around even further. Wait, like is this thought coming from the notes. Well, basically, I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. I I think um I like the idea of just innovation in its sense in like our development as as people, mm. you know, and like because how how short of time we've been around on Earth for, right? And then like how quickly we're learning. And so I always wonder about like the very first innovation moment of certain things like the invention of like music or like recognizing that like oh it goes through a certain scale how can i replicate that in real life you know and somebody mm. like what was the first instrument it was the drum probably but like was when was the first stringed instrument or something hmm. i'm always finding myself going back to like uh, origin points of certain ideas and stuff on wikipedia and trying to get like the most you know layman's knowledge well white on... people invented strings <laughs> <laughs> But I always think about those classical instruments like the lyre, right? Oh, what a great name. Too, that's yeah. in Europe. The lute. The lyre. That's why, that's, why you, that's why you white people love rock. <laughs> it's the modern lyre with that guitar and stuff. Long powdered wig hair. The long powdered Oh, yeah, exactly. Who invented the powdered wig? I like, mean, hair bands Wigs were, were coming along. Everybody's like, great, you know? And you know then, that, <laughs> and then somebody's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not be terrible. Let's put some powder on there. Exactly. Let's clean it a little bit. We're never going to clean these things. <laughs> you powder them, the worms stay out. <laughs> um, but continue with your you're on a you're on a thought like, well, yeah, like I I wonder like the the like there's that great scene in the dawn of, or in uh 2001 the dawn of man when mm -hmm. like they cool and you like you know that's the invention of man is mm -hmm. like using tools and stuff. But now we see like. There's YouTube videos of fish using or like a crab using like a stick to pry open like an oyster so he can get at the meat, you know? Really? Yeah, there's like crazy other evidence of, you know, not just like these pre-programmed cells and thoughts that are only meant to exist in this animal without having having some kind of like step back insight into how it applies itself. to the, Like so much of it's instinctual, but like we're actually able to capture what is possibly like the further development of species mm. you know existence i saw this uh article in uh popular science mm. and it was the i think the, the, the i subscribe to unpopular science unpopular science fucking hip <laughs> here's a science they don't want you to know about <laughs> they just uh, tell you how to like take things apart and they don't tell you how to put them back have together. together yeah take it apart because fuck the it man out. Yeah. right you don't need that television Eating the parts though. <laughs> Why don't you watch those? You can fry your old television parts with the solar mirror that you make out of the fucking thing. And then that becomes an artisanal bike. Is that a word? To get, artisanal? To put to, to bar bikes? I mean, I'm just thinking about like artisanal cheese. Yeah, I was thinking That's of, about like, some like kind of food. Crafted like handlebars. Oh, and... right. Well, artisan. Yeah. Artisan, artisanal. That makes it's got sense. Like a oven that makes artisan pizza. Ooh, an artisan first, oven. The first delivery guy of pizza. <laughs> you know, who's, yeah, the like, first, who's the first person who was like, listen, we've got this pizza. It needs to get to people. Who, who invented, like, delivery? Well, you know, how for far food? should we go? I don't know, 30 minutes. <laughs> we shouldn't go any further than, than 30 minutes. What's a minute? Oh. Jesus, we need to do some backwards. We need to figure this out. Roll Rome. Uh, I think Little Nero, I mean, that's a, he's probably invented pizza, right? No, nope. Little Caesar. <laughs> well, Caesar, yeah, that's right. Caesar was before Nero. Um, wasn't there Nero's? That was a pizza that chain. That was a pizza chain. They, they just went through, there was Caligula's pizza. <laughs> that Serafina's pizza was crazy. Pizza. <laughs> Horse meat. 
horse, horse meat and glass. <laughs> I said pepperoni and mushroom. They just heard that. Um, well, okay. This is what I was going to say. So the popular science article was about uh, the age of digital information. Oh, sure. That we're, that we are, it was the age of information and how just the idea that we're recording so many things all the time. Like a podcast. Mm. But there's this guy who apparently has recorded every single moment of his child's life. <sighs> of his son's life. Every single moment, right? But he had to do that because now the son is talking, right? Sure. So what he can do is he has filtered this information through some sort of algorithm he created that tracks the child learning the words. That's great. So every you see you you see in like video time like it was this this much time then this much time and this event happened and you see so you can see it's all graphed out. You like hit that sound or something like that. It's basically a graph of the experience of that word, the sounds of that word being said around the child, and then the, when the child started repeating it, and when it finally became a word. Man. And the whole point is to see how does it that a child actually learns to speak, learns this word. Now, the ch- I don't think that the child was conscious of it. I think it's like security cameras and a bunch of different yeah. stuff. Like, it's it was, you know, I, don't, I would assume he doesn't there's have like, this, like, there's red like cameras. There's like one man in a room just <laughs> watching all these baby videos, and he's at the height of a tower. He's just like, oh, he's about to say something. He's about to, the boom's in the shot. <laughs> the boom is in the shot of my baby saying his first words. Get that boom out of the shot. Sorry, uh, son, don't speak yet. <laughs> Hold that pause. Cut, cut, <laughs> cut. Get the boom out. Boom shadow. Uh, yeah, I thought that was throw the stump baby out the window with the bathwater. I just think that was like crazy. It's crazy and interesting that we can see that. And that's the whole point is that they're trying to, they're using it as a means of insight into how is it that a child actually learns language. It's the first time that we, we can track, literally track from the beginning of life, the first words. Ah, that's great. I can't wait for the day when we can just kind of not matrix it, but like we just have... <laughs> Like, you know, like understand how to like just shove a bunch of knowledge into kids and we create like, you know, just like a upgrade version of humanity's intelligence level. Have like you, a, have and then you just read, let them go crazy. Have you read Kurzweil? No. This is some shit, dude. The singularity. Mm. Oh, I do love the singularity. Kur- so Kurzweil's the dude. He's the guy. He's the, the singularity. With the glasses. Singularity University. Yeah. yeah that's Colbert guy. sometimes too. He is on Colbert. Yeah. Um, I need to watch that. That. Singularity documentary. I watched most of it. I remember. He's an interesting guy. I have questions for him as far as like how we feel and relate and connect as like, you know, the part of us that makes us human. If we all enter the singularity, how how is that like living? Like, uh, is it just like the sentience of knowledge or can I like feel, you know? I mean, that and that's going to be the debate. I mean, in, in the age of spiritual machines, he just talks about that this philosophical stuff is going to be the like the bread that everyone is eating all the time. He's just basically saying that law will become the biggest profession because everybody will be debating all this stuff all the time. We'll have to legally make oh, a definition sure. of humanity. Like if a machine can claim this, this, and this, and this, and this, legally they'll be human. Like we have for citizenship. Right now, take this. Yeah. Take this America test. Okay, you know enough. To, <laughs> you know enough to be a citizen. All right, tree, you're a person. Okay, tree, you you went through a breakup. I guess you count. Like, have a hug. But that's 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 the thing. He's saying that like that's gonna happen so quickly. Yeah, the next but it, the right, like, because it's also the combination of people souping themselves 
uh, souping themselves up with robotic parts, cyber, yeah. cybertronics, I but like then that. also machines getting so intelligent that they were like, well, here's what I think about that. And you're like, whoa, I didn't ask you. <laughs> I know, but I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> I think you're full of bullshit. I think that was me what you did to Brenda. But let's be serious. <laughs> let's be serious. What were you going to say? Uh, let's be serious. Uh, that's what I meant to say. Um, let's be serious. Us. I, uh, yeah, what? Do it. 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 The notes can't save you. It's all just gibberish. Oh, here's an idea. Okay. The invention of the joke. Oh, the invention of the joke. When it's like this group of, I don't know if they're like pro magnums or like, or whatever, but it's probably, you know, people have recognized that. And like, you see laughter in like animals, you know, like and stuff. But, like, that's usually, like, out of some, they're finding something funny. And then the empowerment of, like, oh, I can create this. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like, I can make something be funny is very interesting. I don't know. I, uh, I feel like it probably involved poop. Like, like <laughs> they, everybody knew poop was bad. And, like, somebody, it's like, he made somebody step in or he pushed somebody. Or maybe it was, like, something really brutal. Like, you know. Well, I I'll heard. Feed you to the Mastodon. I heard recently it was, like. Theory is going to rough housing, wrestling, fake wrestling became tickling. Oh, man, I could see that. And that that that's kind of like, you know, and uh, some people, I, I heard this guy, uh, his name's Peter McGraw, and he's the guy that is doing the humor research laboratory in ben, uh, no, Boulder. Oh, I don't know anything Colorado. about this. Oh, it was interesting. I did, uh, it was probably science, and he was the guest. And so he talked about the roughhousing thing and that, mm-hmm. like, because he was talking about, because you said certain animals can make, you know, like laughing sounds. And he was talking about, like, that they, some, some experiments with mice in which they do something that is similar to, like, tickling the mouse and that they emit a pitch that is different than their normal pitch. Sure. That oh, is okay. like, it's kind of, there's something, it, it's equated to joy and fun. So like the mouse is having a good time, and that's why it's making this sound and not this. I'm working. That sound. makes me happy. <laughs> I'm glad mice can feel it. You know? I know you thought they hated these experiments, but yeah. they're, they're the time of their life. They're, they're on the mouse trapeze. Is that a thing? But the joke is different though, because that's just laughter. Possible. Yeah. That's and it's a theory, but it's like to tell a joke is a weird thing. I mean, like. See, I'm already. I'm already. I think pranks probably came first. Pranks. You know, like people like hurting each other, or like you know, like. But like you know, it's got. And they probably involved poop. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you we set poop on fire like oh, way yeah. before we had wheels. Like, throw the mammoth poop in front of the cave, and they they light it on fire. They run away. They like bang on the door or the non door. I, I bet you it had to do with walking around looking for. So looking for food, hunting, doing that good old hunting, and somebody stepping in something or falling into something that was suddenly they were covered in it, like, oh, <laughs> it's like, ha ha. Yeah. And then they were like, what if I, what if I put that in a place where he doesn't expect? Right. What if when he wakes up in the morning, it's just he rolls over onto it and then he's like, what is that? And he has, like goes all <laughs> over his face. Guys, I'm going to be king of the caveman. That was a. Uh, Let's throw dead bats at him now. Uh, uh, KB Mason? Nope. Uh, Bob Cave? No. Uh, Johnny Caveson? Nope. Okay. Go ahead. Stone. Uh, Stone Phillips? Worth. Yeah. <laughs> Stone Phillips. <laughs> Funniest comic in the world. Stone Phillips. Um, 
but anyway, so how are these these things? I guess like how do they manifest in your like everyday kind of life? Well, I I'm I'm a tinkerer. You know, I tinker in like my laboratory. Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Uh, yeah, but the book version and the BBC miniseries. <laughs> okay, okay. Right. Uh, but I I don't getting back to time. Like yeah. I just I'm in my lab a lot. You know, just like goofing around on some kind of music piece mm-hmm. or. Uh, or you have like kind. an actual lab lab? Well, like I used to, I've had so many different workspaces that I think right. are like very... I have a teepee. What? I'm sorry, where? My girlfriend bought me, bought, or she made me a teepee for Christmas. In your house? In my in- house, in my bedroom. And that's like where I go to like write. It's not as big enough where I, I can't play like piano in there or anything. But right. I, yeah. But yeah, that was the best Christmas present that's, I woke up with. I'm only now getting... I'm, I'm learning that I need these psychological cues. For myself, like sure. I need to go to a place, which oh, I have yeah. designated the workspace. Not like oh, I'll just get up and out of bed, I'll and figure the, it out, go in the living room, and I don't know, genius will pour out of my fingers. <laughs> it's just like no, my TV's here. I heard something about like how, because that's I guess that's how coffee shops got so busy. Yeah, people had like, screenplays. Somebody was like, oh, I'm more productive when I I'm not surrounded by my own invention, my own and shit. Misery. And I heard that you have to have three different spots. Sure, because you get bored and you get comfortable. You get bored and, it and turns you get com- your own thing. That's exactly it. That's yeah. what that's what I've heard. But so you've heard that too. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. I mean, right off the bat, you know, like I, I go to a coffee shop. I force myself to go out, and mm-hmm. like I leave because that's one workspace. And then I'll go like oh, I'll go to Little Dom's and sit down. I'll sit down. And I'll just look at people. You know, I'm like forty five minutes later. I'm like oh, I didn't write any jokes or do any things I had planned. So. I have like five different spots in the neighborhood. If I have to go out, I force myself to go out like twice a day. If I have like a full day to myself and I'm just like playing piano or guitar or whatever. Combination of like uh, indoor and outdoor spots? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Like I like to sit outside. I just like, I, I like it where it's quiet. Any place where it's quiet or it's like nobody's paying attention to you. Really. Right. Where there's no stakes. Yes, exactly. In terms of people going to be like, hey, Chuck. Tell me a joke. And you're like, ah, oh, I just sat down to write some. Whatever, bro. <laughs> oh, this mice thinks it's funny. This mice, this mouse. This Mises. Mises I hate Mises. Mises with faces in their pieces. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, like, I um I I, I rented an I had an office in New York. Mm-hmm. Man, what was that like? You take it in like a lunch in a briefcase? Well, here's the... I'd love to. I didn't use it to the best extent. When I... It was actually... Pete Holmes was the one who brought me in. Mm-hmm. It was a couple people. I think it was it was Pete, John, and Nick Kroll. Then Kroll moved to L.A. So then it was Pete Holmes, John Mulaney, myself, and Matt McCarthy. We're splitting this office, which we had 24-hour access oh, to. That's great. My dream is always like sleeping in the office after a hard night. You know? I slept in that office that's a couple great. times. Had more to do with bed bugs okay. <laughs> than so it's not a hard night. As a... I didn't, I didn't, I didn't take advantage of it as 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 better as good as I could. I mean, I liked the location. I liked having a place where I could keep like uh, some shirts and ties for sure. auditions that yeah, I could like go there in the middle of the day. Like, okay, I'm gonna take this off and put it on this. I bought like a what's it called a uh, a stand, a coat rack, coat rack, yeah, a coat rack to, to hang stuff up on uh, that I think I just left there. I bought like a. Very expensive chair. Ooh, which love, was a, love an expensive chair. Totally a mistake, though. I, w- I was like, I, you know what I need? A chair. An office chair to office sit in so I can do some office work. Because you want to lean back and feel important. Uh, want to lean back and it's feeling. like, a chair is very important because it's like I had just bought a bed. Mm-hmm. My first bed that I ever bought, 
I have my second one in there. I've only ever bought two beds in my life. But someone said to me, you spend a third of your life in it. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like it's, it's, it was always incredible to me, like, how much I just never even thought about that. Like, I just like someone gave me a bed. It's a trundle bed. I'm going to sleep in that. And my back hurts. I'm like, ah, exactly. almost a, must be me, not the bed. So I was like, why don't I get a nice bed? And then I put the same thing to, like, a nice chair because if you're uncomfortable the entire time, you're going to be thinking about your butt and your back. I got a bad back and I got Ooh. a great chair. I got hit by. I think you were saying a great butt. <laughs> bad back, <laughs> good butt too. Great butt. No, I got hit by like a car uh, when I was on my bike in Austin. Ah, uh, story. Tell it. Go. I was gonna go do a guest spot, and I was furious to get there. And I'm biking along, and I was. This is where I messed up because I didn't know if it was my fault or not, but I got hit. And then I just remember like seeing the car being oh shit and then seeing myself in the air and then my bike in front of me being like oh this is gonna hurt and then just being on the ground and then i didn't i didn't have anything broken so i stood up and when i realized that i was furious and i went and i pounded my fists on the hood of the screen ford explorer and then these two terrified mexican ladies behind the wheel they're just like freaking out and losing their shit and i was like hulking out and then uh, <laughs> And then it all faded from my body so quickly, and I got cold. And I was like, "Oh, I'm in bad. I'm in a bad way." And these two people, they threw me back into the back of their car, and I was like, "Take me to Cap City Comedy Club. I have to do a guest spot for Robert Hawkins." <laughs> Are you sure you want to go to the hospital? No, no. comedy is the best medicine. Laughter, <laughs> laughter heals all wounds. They refused that, to take me to the comedy club. Really? Yeah. And so, but my house was really close. So, like, you live a mile away. We're going to take you there and let your girlfriend deal with you, crazy person. Wow. That's great. So, you insisted on going to the comedy club. Yeah. That's hilarious. And the girl. Uh, it's such a comic. It's such a comedian thing. Yeah. Oh, I thought I was going to do I was really, really excited, you know? Yeah. Like, Robert Hawkins? Yeah. That you said? Yeah. Great comic. Yeah. Great show. I was like, oh, it's going to be a packed house. And, of course, I couldn't walk, like, for, like. I could walk, but like I was limping all over the place, and I didn't go to the doctor. That's where I messed up. I didn't take down their insurance. I was just so mad because I was afraid it was my fault. Ah, uh, I don't think it was. It and you was were hurt. more. And then did you did it damage your relationship with Cap City? Is that what another? No, 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 oh, no, okay. not at all. Um, but I was I, thinking I would have been paranoid about like the clubs ever going to book me. Yeah, exactly. I didn't show up. <laughs> no, I called on the way on the way back or. To my house, I called him. I was like, Chandy, I'm all laid up. I had a bike. <laughs> but I have a great chair. Yeah. But what I've learned about myself is that I stand up when I write. And I have a desk that goes up and I can elevate it. Yes. I have a table. And I stand at the table and I write at a table. I just, no one can see this but you, but I just lifted my hand in the air, my <laughs> finger point, and I, went, I leaned forward and pointed at you when you said I stand when I write. That is something I did not know about myself because I have been trying to lay the the appearance of productivity upon myself. Oh, sure. Meaning that, like, no, writing is sitting at a desk on a computer. That's how it's supposed to look. That's the way everyone does it. If I'm not doing that, I must not be writing. It took me a while to figure out I need to pace yeah, I, I walk need to write by hand. 
What you say? I walk around the apartment and then I have to like think about what I'm gonna say before I just start writing. Oh, I'll just write it, figure it out. It's like no, think about things first, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then come to it with a solid idea and a formulation of what you're gonna say, and then back away from it, reflect on it, mm-hmm. and then come back, maybe say some more, add some more. And that's 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 what I did. That was probably that was another thing is that like when I when I shared that office with those guys, was it ever just you guys all just like bounce it? I have this like total like. Com, sitcom yeah. idea of like what is like a bunch of dudes bunch hanging of dudes. out being crazy funny. Well, that was the, that was the problem. What do you think of this is poop it, tie? It's everybody... a tie made out of poop. <laughs> That's just like the caveman. That's just like the caveman. <laughs> Can it be mammoth poop? Uh, it was less that because everyone was very much in their own world. Sure. And I I remember the way it was set up because it was like I felt like I couldn't get anything done unless I was there by myself. Because that's the only time I felt comfortable yeah. was if I was alone. I and, have to be alone for And Pete just was there a lot. Sure. And I think that it, for him, it was the same. <laughs> and he was like, I got to be alone. And then suddenly, I'm literally sitting next. Like, because our desks were set up in this way where I was right same next room. to him. And we're, wow. on, we're the only two people in there. I'm right next to him. He's trying to do some stuff. But he, he was trying to just to, to focus on stuff. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm over here like. The typing just gets louder I guess and louder. I'll, I'll play some Neo Geo games on my. I was like, that's what I was doing. I would just waste time waiting, waiting oh him out gosh. Wow. to leave. Funny. But then, like, and it's a thing that we discussed later because he saw it as me, just like, why is he here? He's just playing video games. <laughs> and he didn't know. I was just like, oh, I can't concentrate until he's gone. But I remember being in that office because it was the first time I submitted for uh, Presents, the Comedy Central Presents, when that was a thing. Now it's the half hour. Just did one. Yep. Hooray, life. Nice. But I remember. Writing out my set, what my set was going to be. And I, I just paced and I talked it out loud. That is the number one way I have found my, I have found work for me is saying the words out loud, tasting yeah. them, tasting the rhythm of them, and then rethinking like, because there's a lot of jokes that I have and had that I just never really, that little piece of this little setup piece, I've never really figured out what I'm saying. Because I know this will get a laugh. Yeah. And this gets a laugh before it. So this is kind of fuzzy. It could be better, but I just never never concerned about it until I'm talking out loud. I'm like, well, that doesn't make it sense. It's just like stringing in prepositions and phrases and tiny little things. Exactly. Knowing when to take a breath. Exactly. So it's just like pacing around, speaking it out loud. I did not know was so helpful to me. But there is also something to that. I'm sitting I'm sitting down and like having Well, I think time. sitting is for like a very good thing too. It's like for just like reflection, I feel like. Right, you know, right. like if I'm sitting, hopefully I'm engaged in the act of thinking about something. And because I often find myself like in that stance at your desk where you're kind of hunched over and on mm-hmm. the computer and you're like, mm-hmm. I don't need to be hunched over at all. This is a fucking wireless keyboard. I got to have this in my lap if I want to. Fuck you, computer. You say, okay, yeah. computer. And the radio, <laughs> head comes, radio head comes on. You're giving me the bends. <laughs> you. Other radio head album. Kid A. Okay, <laughs> computer. Give me the bins, Kid A. I'm going to. Oh, what's that laugh? Amnesiac. I want to say Magic City, but that's not right. That's a TV show on stars. Uh, I, The one they gave away for free? The color one? Colors? That's the name of the last song on the album. I don't know. Colors. Yeah. That was the one. Something color. It's got to be something colors. Anyway. I'm not the biggest Radiohead fan, but you I know what I like to them. do? I like to, uh, like speaking of how you just like to say the words, maybe, you know, practice them, say them out loud and just get them done. I, I right. when I first started, I would, uh, do it in the shower. I would go in the shower without the shower on and I would just kind of say it back and forth. 
And then I realized like, that's pretty confined. And then as my stage, like understanding and owning of the stage, like, you know, and you walk on the stage, you feel confident, you go like move to the other part of the stage. Right. You know, as that expanded, like I just end up taping down uh, an area in my room. Oh. And then I would just like kind of think of it as like this box and have like make sure I hit all the points and you know like it's like a certain like a slow dance with the, the so audience. You very much get it in your body. It's a well, my comic, I've, my comedy is very like kind of rhythmic. I feel yeah. like anyway, you know the way it, I like the rhythm the, of your, the rhythm of the beat. Yeah, the rhythm of the music and the rhythm of the night. <laughs> Consult. I want to dance with somebody, do, but do you want to feel the heat with somebody? <laughs> That's the let me turn question. on my sound machine and see what it says. Oh, is your sound machine from Miami? Well, it's imported from Cuba. Uh oh, come on, gotta be careful with that because the rhythm's gonna get you. <laughs> and it was, it, they don't have anything new since 1965, and they're because the trade ex like trade problem, the embargo. Oh, uh, what is an embargo? Yeah, so it's made out of 1960, it's the latest technology, but it's all made <laughs> out of like 1965 parts. That's why it feels like yeah, mm, yeah. a lot of cowbell. That's why that, <laughs> that clunking that social club in Buena Vista is like bringing it. <laughs> Bunch that, of old dudes. That was a nice little riff. Yeah, we did it. We did it, and Chuck. we're done. And we're done. So, well, oh wait, going oh, yeah. all the way back to oh, like back. how go uh, back. innovation applies to myself. Like, yeah, I'm in this lab and I'm tinkering. Time is of this like the ability to feel free and outside of the daily you have to like push everything out like if you just want to like invent anything like a joke or a song right you have to feel like you have free time on your hands and right the right invasion of life is just like hard because it's just like the world's Ooh. this constant place i like that phrasing the invasion of life the invasion of life the invasion of it life. can be invasive it's a body snatcher i'm i realized i've learned for myself if the first thing i do in the morning is look at my phone oh i kind of lose that that one second, I lose a couple hours. Sure. Oh yeah. Boom. It's just like oh yeah, see. the world's out there. Everything is out there, and it's trying to get at you. Come to my show. My <laughs> blog is very important. Oh, I'll tumble for you. Tumbler for you. <laughs> I'll nope. tumble for. I'll tumble for you. I'll twit. I'll twit. Twit. Twitler. No, that's not a thing. But yeah, it's just like I and I had a friend because I lack that. Or sometimes I like that. I'm getting much, much better at it. Uh, is that self-motivation? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Just like the, I have to get up and do some shit. You know, mm -hmm. and I had a conversation with a friend of mine, a comedian named Lydia Scott, lives in New York, in which she, she has a, a, very, a person in her life who is a very efficient person. I believe mm -hmm. an Olympian, like a medalist, who before she goes to bed, she schedules to the next day for herself. Sure, I do that. I do not do that. But that her thing was if you if you wake up in the morning and go, okay, what am I going to do today? You you lost. You lost. Yeah, you lost. It's over. You got to put that, and that's I'm slowly psychologically getting because I, I guess this is part of myself where I'm just like I expect myself to just do it, but yeah. I don't put a plan for myself. I just the feel like I'm going to get up. The old uh, the old checklists, you know. I actually I have like I I use nice paper. And mm -hmm. I write really nicely, and then I put a box, and then for uh, when I check it off, I have like a different color, like purple, and it's like big. And you need that stuff for yourself. Yeah, and, and sometimes they're really insane because, like, uh, at the end of the night, I'll sit down and I'll do it, and like it's every little whim that I want to do is like write that one joke about you know dogs and fire hydrants, and then 
you know, and then pay your taxes or have mom pay your taxes. <laughs> yeah. Send off this email, email this person, and then you outline every email you're going to be like, that's, that's a bit much. But um, it's still some sort of structure. Yeah. And so I, as a result of that, I actually feel like I'm constantly behind, like, because I'm overcommitted mm. in life, not to just projects, but like overcommitted to like the things I thought I'm going to do. So I'm almost overproductive, I feel like, because, you know, my comedy would probably be a lot better if I was like, well, I'll just focus on just comedy instead of like constantly playing like music half the time or whatever right. you know like but i love all those things and they bring me joy and i feel like i have the time to do it the only way i have the time to do it what's well, a time management thing a time management no. is a leech i need a time manager that's what i need i need to hire a manager for my time he just comes in he's like all right everything's on hold baron take a few take a few yeah take five a minute name. break yeah <laughs> five minute smoke break i'm on the toilet break from it you're going to have to start smoking, too. You're gonna start smoking. <laughs> I bought you a pack a day for your habit. That's what it's going to be. Um, yeah, so it's just kind of like, uh, ooh, ooh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. All of a sudden, I had like an empty stomach feeling. Oh, I thought you were going to fart. <laughs> no, I was going to burp, but it was like that kind of like there's nothing in my belly burp. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That disgusting soul one. soul shaker. Where you burp and you're like, That's oh, it. now That's I'm it. empty. I thought I was empty. And That's an that Ebenezer burped. Scrooge shiver. Yeah. Ooh. What day is it? <laughs> it's you should eat something, bitch. Day. Um, I know that kid is so so. so he works at Subway. Uh, he <laughs> he works at Subway. So anyway, what the heck were we talking about? Oh well, getting back to like innovative and how you apply how, how you apply your innovation it's in your like life. Like a long-winded backwards memento. No, but that's fine. I mean, but what are, so what are the standards that you hold yourself to though? Oh, I'm so obsessive. Like when I'm playing music, because mm -hmm. I play music by myself and I record by myself. Mm -hmm. And then like I would love to play in a band, but getting back to I scheduling time with friends, like it's impossible. So I'm like, well, I have the ability to do all this. I don't know how to play drums, but I got a drum machine or I got piano fillers. I, right. I'll just do it all. And so if it doesn't sound right and I have the time now that like with editing music, you can just like go back and like whoop, whoop, I'll just take that 30 second retrack again for the electric ukulele and then Oh, maybe I'll just loop that one more. Like you can just fiddle endlessly. Right. So I end up like getting really obsessive over certain things that like when I finally put it out or something like it, I move right on to the next thing and I don't maybe put the energy out to like uh, celebrate it and enjoy it as much. Mm. Just like get it done. Next. Yeah. Next. But the but I think it's because I enjoy the work so much. Like I love fiddling around processing around in yeah. my lab and like, oh, I'll try this out. I'll try this out. Oh, blah, blah, blah. oh, this doesn't sound right. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so it makes it so stressful unless I'm in the act of uh, having fun and playing in the laboratory a lot of the time. The rest of life is to get to the laboratory so I can feel free from the world and just goof around with like, oh, this note or, you know, or like some silly, silly, silly idea for like a joke, you know. Your laboratory, in a sense, is a, it's a psychological place. Yep. I've been going to therapy. <laughs> I, I realized, like, the teepee and the tent. I used to sleep in a tent. Okay. Uh, even in, like, inside, like inside, not outside. Right. It's like I put my bed in there. When you were a kid? Yeah. Okay. So I'm always just inventing. Oh, no, I, all the way up until, like, four, four years ago. Okay. Um, not the entire time, but definitely from, like, 20 to 30. You just like it. I loved it. It's a safe place. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I lived with my girlfriend, she would not allow a tent. So <laughs> it's it kind of on and off. Um. And I, I don't live in a tent now, but I do have a TV. But, like, I'm always inventing these places where I can feel 
separate from just what I see is like life's great. It's very intense too, just to be out in the world and be in every like thinking about your own place in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to go and get away. Sometimes you want to go where um, everybody doesn't know your name. Yeah, exactly. To just <laughs> and I'm an outgoing person, but I find myself going to that place so much because it's just fun to be there and goof around and make music for sometimes nobody. You but know? you need that balance. Yeah. But you're around people. You need that alone time. Yeah. Got to be. You got to be in your head. And it's just bit. easy to talk yourself out of like, oh, I'll just go. I'm, I'll just, I'm just going to go out to see this show and just like hang out. And at the same time, it's like, I could write this one song. And it would be nice if I just hung out and I could, could finish this one mm. song. You know, it's like. Uh, there does have to be like a healthy import export into your own like database or whatever, but sometimes it's like, mm, right. See, I, I do a lot of the, uh, I, I will talk myself out of going to places because I decide I should be doing something else more productive than that. Mm-hmm. And then I just don't do that either. <laughs> so then I end up not doing That's either. That's why video games were invented. Either. Yeah. I don't do either of the things. I'm like, I'm going to go to a show. I could also just write instead. Perhaps I'll just write, and then I'm like, oh, I'm not going to write right now. Yeah, well, I'll write I'm a little see letter. Breaking Bad. Oh, too. it's 11 p.m. Okay, I can write. I'll write until one. Okay, it's one. I didn't go to the show, and you know, I should just go to bed so I can get up early to write. And then the next day, I'm just like, all right, time to what's going on on my phone? That's, that's... <laughs> and then the loop begins. And then a loop, and but then I get those. I just had this moment yesterday. In the uh, shower. You ever heard the idea that, like, uh, there's the reason that uh, ideas come to you in the shower is because it's uh, it's like the same as painting? Because no. you're, you're, you're in a way that your body's like a canvas. Sure. And you're, it's a focused activity, and you're, like, painting yourself. But it's like any focused activity will bring you ideas. Treadmill, people get ideas when they're just jogging. Yeah, and I was actually thinking as I was walking down the street here, yeah. I was like, I, I walk down the street all the time, mm-hmm. and I'm chewing gum, and I'm walking, and I'm drinking a thing, and I'm not even thinking. Now I'm thinking about it. Right. But, like, you know, it's like, I'm, it's amazing. I can do all these things at once. You know? <laughs> yeah. And they, they say, oh, people can't walk and chew gum at the same time. But it's kind of cool that we can, even though it's a very <laughs> basic thing. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> That's true. We've come a long way from mammoth poop. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, so I had this moment in the shower yesterday and I feel like, uh, I had this moment in the shower. Where I'm like, Hey, this, this masturbating thing is going really well. Uh, no, it, it, it was just like, that's going to be clean. Yikes. One of those, uh, <laughs> this is going to be so clean. <laughs> uh, so this is like the cleanest part of my body right now. <laughs> it's, it's, it was just like everything clicked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like one of those things where it was suddenly I had this moment where I realized everything I've been avoiding was at the root of why I've been avoiding a lot of certain things. Oh, sure. And then I went click. And I was like, there's no reason to avoid those things. It was, Jump in I just that. went like, fucking, what are you afraid? Do it. Do it. Right? But I've had, I had those moments. I had those moments a lot. That's why sometimes I, I feel like I... I'm like, uh, and I hate to like, I don't want to, um, what's the word I want to say? I don't want to uh, insult or demean uh, manic depression sure. or being bipolar. But sometimes I feel like those are the moments I have that are similar because I'll be like, I get these fits of, I just got to do it. What am I talking about? Yeah. Do it. Get out there. Do this thing. And gonna, do you? And then I concentrate for maybe a day or two. And then I kind of hit the like, oh. 
Well, yeah, it's like uh, it's like a cycle of your. It's exhausting to be so thoughtful about you know the things you want to do, right? Right. And then you try to do them, and you get tired. You know, I think it's natural. It is natural, and you you have to, as as a writer once said, uh, and teacher of mine, quoting a writer, you have to replenish that creative well. That's yeah. the thing. That's what you have to go have these experiences. I, I'm learning how to relax. Like I'm like it's a, it's a real thing for me. I discovered yeah. I liked cooking because it gets me away from the fucking you know table with you know the piano on it or right whatever. right. And I can't go do it because I've got something fucking in the oven. And that's a focus activity too. Yeah, but like and thank you for the cookies. Chuck brought me two homemade cookies. I'm gonna eat the fuck out of. Mm-hmm. But continue just saying cooking gets you away from the piano. Cooking gets me away from the piano. And- <laughs> Oh, you sound like a woman in the fifties. <laughs> Cooking gets me away from the piano. But more importantly, the piano's usual. <laughs> Mr. Devolo, the piano teacher, he's a cad. Let's just say he likes black keys. Anyways, you were saying I I watch uh, TV now. Sometimes mm. I like I haven't owned a TV, and we got a TV, and I'm like I'm I know it's a new it's a TV. new concept to you. I like I I watch a movie, you know, like yeah. I've always watched movies and I used to be a big movie fan. Not so much. And I love watching movies, but I can't sit down for that long right. without doing something. So I've been like, you know, on the computer, I'll have like a movie in the left hand corner and I'm doing all my like email errands or what, like, all you know, all the things on my checklist that involve a computer. I can't right. just like watch a movie. But now I'm like, hey, Charlie, you deserve it. Sit down and watch the third Matrix movie that you never saw or whatever, you know, I. I get uh, three Netflixes. I still do the the DVDs. So like when it comes, it's like a treat. You know, like I have to force myself to watch this terrible choice of a movie sometimes until I can't stand it anymore. Right. But that sometimes that's like forty five solid minutes of just like ah okay think about something else other than whatever like a weird impulse comes into your head. Well, it feels like everyone because I do the same thing because I still have the DVD. I have one DVD. I had two, and I was like, I don't need two. So I cut it down to one yeah. DVD and stream. Now you kind of wish you had two. But, well, no. I, it's because I wanted to... Oh, excuse me. Dr. Pepper Burp. It's because I wanted to watch all the... Familiarize myself with the 70s American cinema. Oh, love it. Arguably the greatest era of movies in American movies. Right? Totally. So none of them are on streaming. So it's kind of like I, I put them all in my queue... Because the only thing I have right now is um, All the President's Men. Have you ever seen that? It's a good one. Good I one. haven't seen it, but it's just like, yeah, I got to see these movies. These are classics. These are, these are the jumping points for all the directors and writers that I love now. They saw this, and they were like, holy, I didn't know this could be. Like, for instance, one of my favorite movies is Network. Do you know Network? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's the movie and the screenplay that Aaron Sorkin is constantly trying to redo. <laughs> He has he has lifted. I'm witty as hell, and I'm not gonna take it anymore. <laughs> Listen to this dialogue, and you know what? I'm an Aaron Sorkin fan, but sure. it's like Social Network is a spiritual sequel to Network. That's why he used the word network. That's why when he won the Oscar for it, he was like, "Patty Chayefsky is the first yeah. thing that he and said." You know that scene where um, what's his name from Deliver? Ned Beatty comes in and he just yeah. kind of lays down the law oh, for what's his name, Peter Finch. Yeah. Uh, that is basically the same scene as the scene that David Mamet added for Alec Baldwin and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Glenn Ross, yeah. Who am I? I'm a came to yeah. I came to work at a fucking something. You see this watch? Am. You see this watch? Did you ever see that one sketch? Uh, it was one of those, you know, I always love those the sketches at the end of SNL. Oh, oh they, sure. They the think last people have gone. Or whatever. They think people have gone to sleep. Let's yeah. do some weird shit. 
um, as weird as we can do on, on live network television. There was that one where Alec Baldwin, it was around the holiday times, mm-hmm. and Alec Baldwin hosted, and they closed with him doing that scene from Glengarry Glen Ross, but elves. Ah, that's great. I love it. It was incredible. Like, everyone's talking in the elf voice, and he's there to, like, talk about cobbling. So it was ABC, <laughs> always be cobbling. cobbling. That was the only mistake that he made. Because he said closing. <laughs> he just he went back. He went oh, to yeah, the place. He's like, place. ABC, always be closing. Uh, cobbling. <laughs> cobbling. Always be cobbling. <laughs> and there was that one. Uh, there was that one. I think Amy Poehler was like, who are you? He's like, who am I? I, can't, I'm, I came to work on a giant magic moose. That's who I am. <laughs> who are you? Hey, put that coffee down. Coffee's for cobblers. <sighs> um, it, it's, it's an incredible sketch. Got to go. go I'm look so happy. Up. I'm going to go YouTube it. Go look. At, I'll, yeah. I'll show it to you when we're, when we're done. Um, it's, it's one of my favorite things I've ever seen on Saturday Night Live. Uh, 70s, you got, you got Altman, all the Altman movies. And Altman's one of my favorite directors. Oh, I love him. Incredible. Um, yeah, you got Altman, you got, um, uh, uh, oh, um, oh my God, I am forgetting his name. Mo- movie nerds right now are freaking out that we're not just throwing out like 50 mm-hmm. more references. I'm, I'm thinking, well, I mean, Woody Allen, another genesis of Woody Allen. Uh, I used to own, do you own, ever see interiors? Is that a Woody Allen movie? Yeah, it's the oh, movie he made but, uh, after Annie Hall. and After Annie Hall. And before Manhattan, so 78. Oh, uh, okay. And it's a Bergman, Ingmar Bergman movie, but written by Woody, Woody Allen. Allen. Who's and, he was, who, that's who he ripped off. Yeah, exactly. Else. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's beautiful. It's super sad and depressing. And I used to watch it, like, all the time. <laughs> now I got to see it. It's not It's not like an uplifting, uh, kind of, there's not a laugh in it, I don't think, but it's see, very my, good. My first Woody Allen movie that I saw was Broadway Danny Rose. I, I, never, I, I never got into that one. I, I That was my first exposure to a Woody Allen film. Mm-hmm. And I was... I always hated when movie stars go into movies or, or people like uh, the the last action hero. Like, that's about as far as I went. And then I was like, I don't even like this. Is that I Shane just... Black? Did Shane Black write that? I, no, I, I remember... Th- these two guys. Yeah, it's somebody that, that they're big now. Yeah. Was it Kurtzman and Orsi, the guys that wrote Transformers? Perhaps. Oh, I remember. No, no, no. Uh, this is what smartphones are for. Keep I remember talking, finding out. Uh, they were on some talk show when that came out. And then they're like, the re- how we got this movie made. We sent out this script. And we started calling all these agencies and being like, this is the hottest script in town. Have you heard of it? Have you heard of it? They started their own little whisper campaign. And then somehow it ended up on Schwarzenegger's desk, and you're like, "I, I want to do this." Movie. You know what? I uh, that was what that's one of those movies that like, yeah, it is really weird and really meta. Oh, <gasps> ooh, okay, directed by John McTiernan, which I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. John McTiernan, if you guys don't know, is a guy who, who directed Die Hard and Predator. Die Hard with a Vengeance and Predator. The writing credits. Here we go. You ready? You ready for this? Yeah. Zach Penn. Oh, I love Zach Penn movies. Story, Zach Penn. Shane Black screenplay. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Because, wait, Shane, Shane Black must have done um, Lethal Weapon by then. Yeah, so because must last... Must be Zach Penn's claim to fame. Let me see. I can look at it right here. This is what's Zach part... Penn, for those listening, uh, directed uh, a really funny movie about poker with David Cross and uh, what's her name from Dennis Farina's in it, Woody Harrelson's in it. The grand, the grand. That? Yeah, he wrote it and directed, and he also made another one about uh, Herzog. Or Herzog's in that one too, but he also made like a fake Herzog documentary where he goes to like look in search of the Loch Ness. That's oh, a really good one. I had no idea. Yeah, okay. And he wrote he wrote like a couple act or like uh, other big movies. Here's uh, Shane Black. Uh, Lethal Weapon eighty seven, Monster Squad. 
87. Love that fucking month. Lethal Weapon 2, 89. Last Boy Scout, 91. Lethal Weapon 3, 92. Last Action Hero, 93. Long Kiss Goodnight, 96. Lethal Weapon 4, 98. Kiss Kiss, kiss Bang kiss, Bang. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang Bang. If you guys haven't seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It's great. It, that, that, is a, that is a movies, movies, movie. Um, AWOL. <laughs> AWOL, 2006. Writer as Holly Martins. Nice. So I guess he wrote under a thing. And then, of course, Iron Man 3, which is about to come out. Boom. That he wrote and directed. Looks good. Um, so uh, I'm trying to think of my favorite, one of my favorite directors, the man who directed Network. He directed Network. He directed The Wiz. He directed, oh, the last movie he directed was Before the Devil Knows You Dead with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, I saw, I've Hawk. seen all of these movies, and, I, and I'm, if I was on Doug Love's movies right now, I would be. See, I want to go on IMDb and look it up again, I but I feel sad that I cannot remember this director's movie director's name okay i'm just looking it up because this is bullshit and his name is sydney lumet sydney lumet sydney he's the i can't remember is it lumet (laughs) what the fuck do i it's lumet or lumet or lumet he did uh the one with pacino in the bank um hot and sunny after oh dog day afternoon yeah Yeah. i love the way he uses shadow which in that especially that net scene in network there's a lot of shadow. I like the way he uses the cameras, like this, like it's a very uh, social network. Uh, mm-hmm. David Fincher in that movie, like was doing a lot of like, yeah, Sydney. he just likes very solid compositions that move evenly, and then like whatever's happening in the background feels very fluid. But like, there's there's central points of focus that are right. He's a good one. It's good stuff. That's that's a uh, so anyway. That was uh, speaking of innovation, movies, movies, movies. and scene, and scene. Uh, I just repeated what you said, uh, like I like I thought of it. Um, so anyways, little hazel, 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 and all my seven brothers: Mickey, Rooney, Bicky, Mickey, Mickey, Ricky, Rooney, Cricky, Becky, and Nicaragua. So, yeah, what's her name? Kate Mara, Rooney Mara, Rooney. So Kate, you know Kate Mara, yeah. But so like she must be pissed, yeah. She's good and very cute, but suddenly her little sister is like, oh, shit. Top of the world. Well, I was I remember looking at the House of Cards promo and being like, who is that girl? Because they only show her like you remember the, the, the promo was like silent. There was no like words to it. it I like, didn't see a lot of the promos. Netflix. I only saw that that one that very short one with uh, Kevin Spacey. Bruni Mara is in it? No, Kate Mara is in it. Her Kate sister. Mara is in it. Yeah. <gasps> Did not know. Oh yeah, she's she's the the main she's like second to third bill or something like that mm, but like they that. just have one panning shot of her and like this nice top and i was like oh who is that actress and i never do that i'm never like whoa 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. i've done that a couple times not really that's how mike tyson met robin gibbons anyway uh he was like i want to meet her she was head who, of the who's class. that girl on television bring her to me <laughs> did you ever see that tyson documentary yeah you know he's doing a good st- uh, like, yeah one man show down directed by spike lee on stage what it's directed by spike yeah lee? that's on the marquee oh my god i just saw tyson's face it's kind of like is he just gonna say the same stuff from the movie because he really I got his point he got his story it. across and that i would like, pay to see that i uh, definitely like i will punch you out <laughs> i think it'd be funny he's like okay so yeah i'm just gonna let's just watch this clip <laughs> so what i was talking about there is is how i i was afraid the clip is like, I was afraid. My tattoo, right, my are. face tattoo will not take the questions. What I was talking about right there was that I was afraid. Next clip. <laughs> and I knocked him out. Okay, back to me. Uh, that's when I knocked the guy out. <laughs> uh, what? I had the pleasure of, this is very off topic, but this is the best thing I ever saw, mm-hmm. I think, was uh, in Austin once Paul Tompkins was doing a show. 
and he after the stand-up show there was a sketch show and for part of it uh he came up and he's like i want to do this thing where he pulled down a screen and he played um r kelly's trapped in the closet the closet the the video commentary on it is it's like got a little section of seats and then he sits in like a director's chair and he kind of turns the camera and he comments on it as it's happening right right. live and so what paul comments did was he put a chair in front of the screen and he commented on r kelly commenting on trapped in the closet wow and he basically just repeated everything he said he was like this girl's really about to get peed on or whatever, you know? <laughs> wow. Ooh. It was great. It was. Um, in closing. In, conclusion. in conclusion. I guess it's like, uh, I was trying to get at that for, or do you have something in a note that you want to? No, but here's the spontaneous thought. Like we're Go talking ahead. about like, you know, so much of uh, the energy exerted to like create in any form is really right. about understanding like yourself and where you need to be. Right. You know, and that's something like in just in general, I've been trying to know about myself, becoming more self-aware without becoming this like, is the question a I was going to ask. So self-centered person, like what is what is it to be self-centered is like, well, hopefully if it means anything good, it means that you're thinking about your affect on the world and mm-hmm. who you are as a person and what you can best do to live your life best, you know, but well, that would be self-aware. That's self-aware. Okay. Right. See, and I, 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 cause I remember talking to somebody about like, like a comic does the difference between LA and New York. Mm. And I said that I think that New York, cause I remember I was somewhere, I was like a grocery store in LA and I was just like, Oh, I hate this place. Oh, these people are just so narcissistic. I wish I could get back to New York where no one's narcissistic. That's not right. That is not right. Um, self, self-centered and self, no, self-absorbed and self-obsessed. Uh, yeah. Those are my difference. Self-absorbed, I think they're both different kinds of self-centeredness. Sure. Which is self-centeredness is how does this have, what does this have to do with me? Right? Right. How does this affect me? How can I get something out of this? L.A. people are self-absorbed, uh, typical L.A. people, not you and me, everyone else not in this room right now. We're cool. We're totally cool. Give me Self- that fake mustache, please. Uh, yes. <laughs> so self-absorbed people, uh, they're just constantly talking about themselves. Right. Repeating um, the idea of themselves that they want you to believe. Yeah, like some kind of projection. They're constantly performing. Like a resume. They're performing the self that they want you to see mm. as opposed to the self that they are. New Yorkers, so they're constantly putting out like, well, here's what I think and here's who I am, Mm. right? New Yorkers are self-obsessed. They constantly talk about themselves, but it's okay if you're constantly putting yourself down. Sure, sure, sure. It's okay to constantly talk about yourself. You're just like, hey, what do I know? I'm just a fucking guy. (laughs) You know, I'm just Just saying. One person at six million, I got to deal with this Ah, shit. I don't fucking know how to do this fucking thing anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ever have a motherfucker do this? Like, it's just like, (laughs) it's just like. This is what happened to me. This is what on happened the to me. Fourth and Broadway for a second. Exactly. I was like, uh. Hey, motherfucker, yeah. welcome to New York. <laughs> <laughs> and then they laugh like that. Slap, which is a silent laugh. Slap, laugh. A slap, laugh. Um, so anyway, yeah. So I just think that like, uh, but I think that people are too sensitive to the term self-centered or self-aware or narcissistic, which is, I think, unfortunate because sometimes you have to be selfish. Right. You have to be selfish in a constructive way. Selfishness isn't always destructive. There are the ways to focus on yourself in which you are working on yourself. Yeah. And working for yourself to better yourself to be better for everyone else. Like, I used to not be so self-centered or self-aware you know, about myself. But I also, like, 
drank like a crazy person and often made an ass out of myself and mm. didn't think about it. And now I like, I'm a little bit more self-aware and I'm like, oh, I don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the difference between trying to be better and just not thinking about things. Not giving a crap. Yeah. Just be like, I got to do, I, if I'm going to make I'm it. I'm just to, one fucking guy. I'm going to make it this. to, yeah, fuck this. Stouffer's uh, macaroni and cheese three a day. That's you know, sometimes all I, I need. just don't want to wake up. <laughs> I was going to wake up and choke. One on of these days I'm going to wake up dead. And I'm going to be like, thank you, Jesus. It's like a Sydney Lumet movie. You Can know I what get I'm like an easy pass to heaven? It's like a mammoth scene. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, See, uh, that was my question, I guess, to you was just like, what are those things that you're trying to put together? right now like oh that's interesting yeah oh you mean like the real things or like what is the what is the end game of the dream of the idea anything you think that means bro i don't know see if i knew i don't think i would do it anymore you know like i don't know what i'm tinkering towards if i figure it out i'm gonna stop you know i don't Hmm. know what the end game is but i'll keep coming up with these little like theories and the theories for me in real terms are like you know some kind of musical comedy set piece or some kind of song that i've experimenting with and trying to expand my horizons musically because i'm not like a trained musician right i'm just making it up as i go along i'm trying to get better at being a musician and being uh and integrating that in like a real way into stand-up that's not uh, like uh, forced or affected it just comes off as genuine Mm -hmm. and you know integrated part of the performance and allows me to showcase some of my talents right music or in telling jokes at the same time without one really toppling over the other just i don't know what that is yet but i'm gonna keep trying to invent that along the way so okay. i keep coming up with new pieces and new ideas all right anything you want to talk about else anything you want to talk about else that's not a sentence let's talk about your grammar first of all let's talk about my grammar dangling proposition <laughs> that yeah, was a dangling proposition proposition's dangling <laughs> perhaps you should go in the shower and wash it i have a podcast i have a podcast that's what i was gonna say Yep. What's the name of your podcast? It is called Imaginary Episodes. Yes. And each month, I, it's a monthly podcast where I write a new script for an old canceled sitcom. Yeah. Or television show, just in general. I wrote a murder she wrote that's going to come out in a couple months. <laughs> nice. Um, and so, so far we've done Alf, The Flintstones, Frasier. Claudia Kogan destroys is in Frasier as nice. all the ladies. And... Just in Night Court, and there's one. Oh, Married with Children, we've done. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. dude. Next month is Rosie, which is going to be great. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, uh, Imaginary Episodes. Yeah, ImaginaryEpisodes.com. We're on iTunes. Awesome. Uh, well, I cannot wait to listen to it myself. Thanks for having me, Barry. Of course. And, uh, I love you. I love you. Bye. Don't hang up. Don't hang up. No, wait. You hang up first. Okay. Are you still there? Guys, I'm going to bed. You guys are just waking up or doing something to energize yourself. You're jogging, you're driving, you're eating breakfast, you're in the shower, and you've chosen for some reason to infect your ears with the disease called my voice. And I appreciate that. So thank you very much for listening. And um, I will talk to you next week. Upcoming guests, mofos. Upcoming guests, Cameron Esposito and Guy Branham, two of my favorite people and favorite comics. And uh, we will hear from um, some other guests that have been on, uh, and you know, some repeat guests, uh, Benari Poulton, 
Uh, we'll have him back on. We're going to continue the conversation we started on justice. We're going to do justice part two. And this time, it's personal justice. Uh, that's not how that should go. Um, and uh, a lot of great guests lined up. Friends, no family yet. <laughs> I might do a podcast with my mom. Would you guys be interested in that shit? No, oh, shut up. Anyway, guys, I uh, if I was capable of love, I would say that I loved you. But I'm not, so I won't. But I must give up the sugar. Remember that? Remember that Janet Jackson song? That is the weirdest heckle I've ever gotten. Once at a show in Chicago with Cameron Esposito, someone yelled, "Do some Janet!" You know that patented Janet Jackson impersonation that people just fall back on all the time because she did those Jello commercials. Wait a minute, that wasn't her. Good night.